Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You have been justified by faith. If you hang around a Lutheran church long enough, that's a phrase you're likely to hear, justification by faith alone. Because just like any other group of people that form a community, a congregation gathers people together, and in the creation of the community, also creates a culture that includes certain words and phrases that become shorthand for what we say to one another. Justification by faith is one of those pieces of shorthand. The challenge is that when we begin to use certain words and phrases as shorthand, we don't often take time to slow down and explain exactly what is it they mean. And if we stop explaining what they mean, we also begin to lose some of the meaning because the phrase that is associated with it just becomes one of those things we say. And so we talk about being justified because Scripture talks about being justified. But what does that mean to make that confession? At the most basic level, Completely apart from the Christian faith, to say that you are justified is to say that you are right. That whatever you are doing is rightly ordered, it is the appropriate thing to do. And so you can explain or defend the actions you take to other reasonable people. Other reasonable people can look at what you've done, hear the explanation of why you've done it, and say, oh, that makes sense, carry on. But we can also push that a little bit further. It's the reason for why something should be the way that it is. So let's say you're at work and it's that time of year when they're beginning to evaluate who's going to receive salary increases for next year. And as that process is unfolding, you have a meeting with your supervisor and you decide that you're going to ask her for a raise. And it's likely that when you do, your supervisor is going to ask, well, why do you think you deserve a raise? Whatever reason you give is your justification for the raise that you're asking for. You've taken on more responsibility, learned new skills. You could make more working somewhere else. Cost of living has gone up. It doesn't matter what it is. But the reason that you give is your justification. And if, after giving that reason, the raise is also given, you can say that you are justified. You are justified because what you asked for has been approved, and now you are back in line or rightly ordered with what would be expected for the position in which you hold. So everything is the way it should be. Now, when we talk about being justified by faith, we need to begin with the reality that first, you need to be justified. That the lives you live, the things that you do, those are out of alignment with what God had intended. Our lives are not rightly ordered according to God's command. That's the consequence of our sin. It's the guilt that we carry around with us along with the fact that the things that we do, the things that we say, puts us out of alignment with God. And so our lives are no longer rightly ordered with what we confess. In our gospel lesson for today, Peter gives voice to a great example of what that looks like. 
He rejects Jesus and his teaching about how he is going to suffer and then die in the near future. Peter rejects that teaching, and Jesus then rebukes him by saying, Get behind me, Satan. You are not setting your eyes on the things of God, but on the things of man. That's the perfect example of a life in need of justification in the Christian faith. In that moment, Peter was disordered because he had oriented his life toward his priorities and human concerns. In other words, he had sinned instead of toward what God had said. Now, for each of us, that disordering, that sin, is going to look very different because it depends on what is tempting you in this moment. The only thing that's consistent person to person is that it's happening. We know that each of us is constantly being turned away from God by our temptation and fall into sin. So Jesus lays out for us in his post-Peter rebuke teaching that says, by saying, whoever would save his life will lose it, and there's no profit in gaining the world if you forfeit your soul. Because ultimately, Jesus is trying to remind us that that is what is happening when we sin. Our sin holds out to us a temporary pleasure in the world that will last at most the length of time that you are alive on the earth. But in exchange for that maximum of maybe a hundred years of worldly pleasure, you are going to give up eternal joy and peace. You make a deal with the devil that lets you live as you wish on earth, but in exchange you'll send eternity in punishment with him for not being in line with what God has commanded, by not having the rightly ordered life he expects. And once you realize just how deep your sin runs, how disordered your life is, then you see the need for justification. The problem is, is once you realize how deep your sin runs, you also realize that you cannot on your own offer any justification, any reason, any excuse for why God should give to you what he has promised, eternal life because you realize that your life is so disordered by sin, there's no way you can put it back together on your own. And it is for that reason that Paul writes in our epistle today the explanation to justification by faith. We are justified by faith, not by what we have done, but by what Christ has done for you. That while you were still weak, while you were still disordered, while you were still caught in your sin, Christ died for you. He came and he justified you with his blood. He reordered your life and gave you reason for your salvation. The justification for your salvation is Jesus died for me. That's your justification. When you die, if the old tropes stand, that you stand before the pearly gates and St. Peter looks at his list and says, why should you get to come in here? reason for your entry is not, look what I have done, but to say, I am justified. I deserve to be here because Christ has said that it is so. He shed his blood on the cross so that I can be here and gain entry into heaven. And when you are standing before Christ during the final judgment, watching the sheep and the goats, and someone says, what makes you think you're a sheep? Your answer is, I am justified. 
I am justified in being here. I have a right to be here because Christ has counted me as his own. He has said, this is where I belong. That can be a hard thing for us to picture. Why is it that our reason depends only on Christ? Well, it's because he is the one that does the work of bringing us back into alignment with God. A great example of this is if you're working on a computer and having to work between two different Word documents. And anybody who's done that has had the experience where you need to copy and paste from one document into another, and when you transfer from one document to the other, everything gets messed up. The formatting ends up all over the place. Some words are bolded, others are italicized. There's spaces where spaces don't belong. Nothing looks right. When that happens, you have two options. You can either hit undo, or you can reformat the document. And if you choose to reformat the document, what you are doing is justifying it. Part of what you will do is highlight everything and either hit left align or right align or center align. And those buttons that you use to do that are called justification buttons because it puts everything in perfect alignment all the way that it is supposed to be. That's justification at work. You doing it to that document. But that's what Christ is doing in your sinful life. In his death and resurrection, the forgiveness of sins that he gives to you doesn't undo the sin that you've done. Ask those you've sinned against, they still remember it. But it overcomes, overrides that sin that you've done. It reorders your life so that once again you are in alignment with what God has said your life should look like. You're justified, put back in order by Christ and the work that he does to overcome your sin. And the result of that justification is reconciliation with God. You get to be at peace with the Heavenly Father. This, too, we can find an example of in our lives. Many of you will remember before online banking when once a month you'd get a statement from the bank and you would sit down and reconcile your checkbook. You would go through and make sure every deposit and every expenditure would line up perfectly. And wherever there was a mistake, you had to figure out the reason why. Did you do the math wrong? Did you record it wrong? What is the explanation for the discrepancy between the two records? And the goal was that at the end of that process, the two would match. You would be at peace with the bank saying, we are in agreement. This is what I did in the last month and this is the amount of money that remains. That's reconciliation. That is the result of Christ's justification. He's going through your life and correcting all the errors of your sin so that your life is reconciled with God. You are at peace with the Heavenly Father. Through the forgiveness that only Christ can give, one for you by his death on the cross, he makes right the wrongs in your life. He's not erasing them, he's overcoming them so you can be at peace with God, so that you are reconciled to him, so that at the end of your life, when God looks at your ledger, he does not see the sins in the heirs and a balance that is out of line. He sees the work of his son that has made you an heir of his kingdom. We are justified by faith. There's a reason why Lutherans in particular and Christians in general love this phrase and the message it carries. 
we might be tempted to simply see it as shorthand within our community, but never forget that it bears the promise of an incredible gift. Because when you say you are justified by faith, what you are saying is that you trust that Jesus has done exactly what he promised he would do. He has overcome your sin and reconciled your life, not by using what you have done, but by using what he has done for you so that you can have life everlasting. Amen. Now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.